0: That's patreon.com slash G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds.
1: My Ottawa. What? My Ottawa. Oh, they should make that. I should make it. That should be the follow-up. That should be the follow-up. Yeah. Um, hi, everyone. Hello, everyone. My name is David Bell. My name
0: is Tom Ryman.
1: And we just watch My Winnipeg. Winnipeg. Uh, It's not yours. Winnipeg. Winnipeg. Snowy, sleepwalking Winnipeg. My home for my entire life. I need to get out of here. I must leave it now.
0: No, it's ours. Belongs to Um, the world.
1: It does. Uh hi. So Hello. Let's 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 start a podcast, Tom.
0: Let's do it. Let's why don't we do that and stop fucking around?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Let's cut the shit. Let's
0: cut the fucking shit.
1: We're always so full of shit. Um, listen, uh big old thank you to Steven thank you steven our patreon producer who 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 made this happen who had us watch my winnipeg uh from the director of the forbidden room guy madden love his video games um (laughs) if you guys remember the forbidden room we covered that not too long ago oh i assume i haven't looked it up i assume steven had us do that as well um would have been a weird coincidence if he hadn't, I had not seen this movie before. This is from 2007. Knowing it's from the Forbidden Room guy, I was ready for anything.
0: Yeah, I was pretty excited because um, yeah. that I really enjoyed that movie. That was that that movie has stayed with me since we watched it. Really strange, but
1: yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This movie is a it's labeled under comedy documentary. And it's about yeah. the city of Winnipeg. It's,
0: it's about Winnipeg. <laughs> yeah.
1: It was, it was made for like Canadian government, whatever the channel. Um, and I'll give you a quick background. Uh, the only thing I found about it was that the producer app- apparently told guy, um, guy Madden don't, quote, don't give me the frozen hellhole. Everybody knows that Winnipeg is. So in a lot of ways, I feel like the movie is done sarcastically, based on that note, because the movie basically—it's a lot of things. It does it feel it, pretty
0: sarcastic. It doesn't. it? What do you think of this movie? This is a fascinating movie. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it actually because. Me too. Um, the stuff about Winnipeg, like I assumed was true, uh, and then <laughs> looking it up, it is like the, the difference. Yes crazy stories he tells about the history of winnipeg uh, i think some of the early stuff is uh, maybe not true but like from it's, the yeah, labor strike on it's it's all those are all real things that happened like even yeah. if if day was a fucking thing
1: yeah if day is this thing which is yeah. nuts that's a day where they pretended nazis invaded yeah i think winnipeg. we wrote
0: about it on cracked but
1: oh yeah we must have
0: um, um but yeah and then it's interwoven he, with a documentary about his own life. That is definitely uh, not literally true, but what's, (laughs) what's interesting about it is we do wind up getting what I assume, um, just in good faith is probably an honest depiction of what his childhood was like.
1: Yeah. Yeah, We do, we do
0: kind of know everything about, well, not everything, but the broad strokes of him growing up in Winnipeg.
1: Right. Guy Madden is a character in this. He's played by someone else. Yeah. Um, but he, that's he, him he, doing he the narration. Do the, that's yeah, him doing the narration. narration. Um, and it's definitely like, so what this movie is about, um, and it is about something, um, The what it's literally about is a man on a train and he's trying to leave Winnipeg and he's drifting in and out of sleep. And I think that plays into kind of the style of the film because this the film is almost like poetry. The narration is a lot of repeating lines, the forks the lap the forks, the lap the fur um yeah he's basically he's talking
0: about a vagina dave
1: he is um and it's a lot of like yeah like free association thoughts
0: that's what i was Um, gonna say um the first part of this film definitely um then the rest of it kind of just does still follows the free association but the first part of this where he's on the train does it feels like he's like Showing us what it's like to see someone's thoughts, if that makes sense. Yes. Like, we're seeing him come up with the idea to make this movie, and it's like we're watching a film of somebody's thoughts. So, it's free exactly. association, uh, images, words, uh, uh, random narration. And then, it, yeah, it's it, that's really what came across. It's interesting it's that a, you it's, landed yeah. on a similar thought. Yeah.
1: It's a controlled ramble. So, like, there's a, there's a podcast called Sleep With Me that I used to listen to. Uh, it's just a guy with a calming voice, and you're supposed to fall asleep to his voice. And he's, it's very much in this style, which is like a rambling thought that you can't quite grasp. And the point is to kind of, like, you can't sit there and try to understand it. That's the point. You have to let it wash over you. Um, and this very much has that dream state feeling. So that's the literal, like, plot what it seems to be about because it's in black and white it's the funny thing about this guy um literally named guy guy madden um his films they always you always think you're about to get like npr humor you know what i mean (laughs) where you're like ah this is going to be like sophisticated humor oh yeah in other words not funny (laughs) like that's what that interprets like prairie home companion geography
0: jokes yeah like exactly
1: (laughs) And so I'm always prepared for real that.
0: Dennis Miller shit.
1: Yeah. And it always kind of starts that way. It's a little bit of a slow burn. Like the humor is a little dry and then it gets absurdist and it becomes basically, I think you should leave style humor and you're
0: like, oh. I think we said adult swim for, um, yeah. The hidden what was it, forbidden room. And this has forbidden a similar, room. similar vibe to it for a lot of it.
1: Right. But it also all fits. Cause so most of this movie is in black and white, except when it's not. And I don't know if you got this impression, but I think the movie is ultimately about nostalgia. It's called My Winnipeg. And it's about the ownership of nostalgia, the idea and how silly that is and how like insidious and weird people can get about their nostalgia. Because that's ultimately what he he goes into, right? It starts getting, the movie starts getting hostile. It starts getting like hostile towards change and like, what we slowly realize is that the narrator is kind of out of his mind a little bit,
0: a little bit. Um, but it's, I think so. I think it's more specifically, not necessarily. I don't think it's as literal. Um, I feel like it's more just about, um, just about nostalgia and about that experience of, of, losing the pieces sadness. of it. Yeah. yeah. Like it's like, he starts getting hostile when he's talking about the hockey rink that like this department store he loved to go to got knocked down and they replaced it with this hockey rink. That's too small to hold a professional team. And, uh, so it's never, it's never has anybody in it. And it's just this big eyesore and everybody hates it. And then like the old that's, hockey rink that yeah. has all the history where his dad worked, that one got knocked down. Um,
1: and that's when it cuts to color. When it shows the new the things demolition. he hates. Yeah,
0: yes. Yeah. The new things he hates, because they're not his memories. That's not his exactly. nostalgia.
1: And so like, that's what I mean. is like it's not, it's not making fun of nostalgia. It's talking about how silly and sad and like weird it is, nostalgia in general. And the fact that he ties it with his family is so perfect, because that's what nostalgia really is, right? It's us remembering the things we liked when life was simpler.
0: Or right, life was he has this... Better. There's the, the I think it's the final line of the narration where, and I don't, I, I should have written it down, but, um, I got I'm, it. I'm, oh, you do. Great.
1: The white block house is how he describes his house. That's the last line. Oh, he also calls it a big cube of home, but that might not be. Uh, no, that thing. wasn't
0: one. That wasn't the one I was thinking. It's one slightly before that, where he's talking about, um. Uh, over time as as you get old enough you start to spend more time looking at the stuff in the background of the pictures instead of the people in them oh yeah and it's i think it's it's it is definitely about how silly nostalgia is because he he waxes so nostalgically for these department stores <laughs>
1: Right, that's the point, um, right? is It's the way people get mad about, e- oh, my Transformers was better than yours, where it's like, it's silly when you step back from it, but it's also like there's a real emotion.
0: There, it, that's know? what I was getting to, is it's no less powerful or real. Like yeah. if he feels he feels real loss at the d- the demolition of this hockey rink and the demolition of the department store, and it's more explicit with the hockey rink because he more explicitly connects it with his dad like he calls the hockey rink that was my male parent
1: exactly so you start yeah you start he does this thing and he does it for comedic value as well where he just like lets go a little too much information he does
0: yeah (laughs) i I love how much he emphasizes how dead the family dog is (laughs) like every time he mentions toby he's like dead dead toby
1: (laughs) yeah it's so good yeah so the absurdist humor of it all it's it's this is a great movie to watch if you want to break down how absurdist humor works because there's levels to it um the one that the 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 just we're skipping around the well like so the idea is he starts to recreate his childhood Mm -hmm. he wants to film
0: very nathan fielder
1: (laughs) it's very nathan fielder yeah the idea is he's going to hire a bunch of actors and his actual mom who is not his actual it was mom Dan um, savage um the actress but uh to recreate his childhood moments so he can untangle himself from winnipeg as he puts it so he can understand why winnipeg has this grip on him and the whole time again he describes Minic- winnipeg as this mystical place Um, and that's part of the absurdities, the, the secret, the secret, um, roads of Winnipeg. And like, he missed, he makes it sound like this really like, again, it's part of the nostalgia, right? Everybody's town is the most spectacular.
0: Has these odd stories to them too. They're so, so mundanely odd, but odd nonetheless. Yeah. Like he mentions, they have a big, like, garbage hill or something. And where I grew up in Hampton Roads, we have Mount Trashmore. We had the exact same thing.
1: Exactly. Whereas they just
0: took a landfill and they uh, covered it over with dirt and made it into a big hill. Now it's a park.
1: Yeah, like, the, the, sm- the smallest park in this really resonated because yeah. our town had a milk bottle, a giant milk bottle that was like got graffitied and was a big deal because it was like the oldest thing in the town. And well, not the oldest because it's New England, but it was pre- it was like from, I don't know, the 50s or 30s. And then they like had the U.S. Army come to like protect and move the milk bottle. And it was like this big deal. Yeah. And it's like it's just a giant milk bottle. That's but- it
0: there's something else I wanted to point out related to that. Cause I'm not sure that it's certainly there's this, there is an element of how silly or it's, it doesn't make logical sense that he's certainly trying to point out, but there's something right. about the tree specifically. Um, and then about just the how, tree was, yeah, well, just real quick. Just how like, um like he's really, uh, heartbroken over demo- the demolition of these buildings, like it's a right. point. It's a point he makes a lot, and it's a point I've heard other people make about, like, um, so like uh, the UK or Canada versus America or the United States, where in the United States there really aren't very many old buildings because we do, we don't. It, it, stuff just gets knocked down routinely, and I'm sure that's probably the case everywhere. But it just, it's interesting that. I wonder if that's a genuine cultural thing where it's if, if constant um, building and then raising and then building on top uh, of stuff uh, in a commercial sense is as common. I don't know.
1: Oh yeah. Okay. So uh, I, as I've mentioned many times, I'm from new England. You must understand, I'm sure you've had this too because you're from the East coast. So you, you're no stranger to this Um, historic districts historic Deerfield, massachusetts yeah we have historic, a historic
0: district where i grew up
1: yeah where these these houses because Newing the thing about you know the east coast and it's nothing against the west coast i actually really love the nostalgia on the west coast but it's the east coast nostalgia is older uh, by nostalgia i just mean like historical buildings you know it's it's there's a restaurant in boston that's the first restaurant in america we, it's like you know we this is where yeah uh america started i should say not civilization obviously here but there's a lot of like so historical it, uh, so you're, yeah pilgrim-ish. okay i
0: think that, so you're suggesting that's just because the country's not at all not as old
1: well i was just gonna say in, in terms this of constant, the united
0: states sorry
1: i think there's this constant idea of like like so i i think about i think about it's a combination of mis- nostalgia and also like i think people just find like, in and it's not, so, like, in the town I grew up in, there was an insane asylum, and it got shut down in the 90s. It was actually one of the leading asylums, Danvers, like, one of the first right? ones. No, not Danvers. That was um, uh, d- a different area. This was the Northampton State Asylum, and it, it got shut down because they weren't treating the patients well. It was a terrifying asylum. Um, and, like, it had, you know, obviously Reagan played a part, but also, you know, the asylum um, was one of the first places to like speak out the patients there and they got it shut down and of course that's a whole other story but the point is that this as- as- asylum then sh- stood there until my adult uh adult life it was used in horror movies you can see it in cider house rules um it it, it it's a very terrifying like picture an asylum that's what you're picturing that's what it was got right it. yeah Like, yeah. And I used to, I broke into it as a kid or as a teenager. Of course, why wouldn't you? It's, It's right there. Right. But the place was just rotting. It's just this old horror movie creepy asylum, right? And they tore it down for the most part and they replaced it with like condos. And you can still see like these old brick skeletons with like modern glass shit around them. And like modern brick. So it's like they they didn't tear them all the way down. And that made me sad. And what's funny about that is like, why? It was just rotting. (laughs) They weren't doing anything. (laughs) Um, And it's replaced with like these condos, which are probably too expensive. So it doesn't really help. But it's like, yeah, that's technically better. So it's this feeling of like... I think architecture is ugly now, you know? Like, I look at my town when I go home, and it's these New England, like, old buildings and then McMansions. And it's like, that's disgusting, you know? Like, that aesthetically bothers me. Yeah. And so I think it's this thing of, like, there are very valid reasons, and it's not, like, progress. It's how, it's, like, how they're going about it, the aesthetics of it, right? is like, it feels like certain buildings, like, we're not making... You know we're not building things as beautiful as we used to, et cetera, et cetera you know um and it's it again, it feels a little silly, but it also feels like a little valid, and I think that's what yeah, this is touching I think that's right? what it's
0: touching on how it's kind of it's, like like you said it's it's a it's a a thought or an idea with that podcast you were talking about um uh, tying into the dreamlike nature of this movie about how it's an idea you can't quite grasp or you can't quite settle on, but we're sort of kind of getting all of the area around it this this idea of, right. of of nostalgia and how it's it's how silly it is versus how valid it is and
1: right because what it what's means start, and yeah right what's gonna start happening though is like i think about like the cinemark that was built in my town this big ugly multiplex um i worked there when it opened when that gets torn down, when I'm 60, I'm going to be, or I'll be, I'll be dead by that. But when that gets torn down, if I'm still alive and I'm old, I'm going to be like, Oh, that place was great. And it's like, was it though? Or was it just a fucking Cineplex that was made with no care? You know what I mean? Like the nostalgia starts going like the department store he talks about in this. Was it really like a thing of beauty, you know, or was it just a mall? Yeah. That and that's when it's like how when does yeah these things start transforming into works of art like right. the '90s aesthetic I feel for like malls you know I'm starting yeah, to get that, sad that, that malls are getting closed down man
0: I weep I weep exactly if I'd, see that. I'd be I'd be brought to one knee man
1: right so it's always a little silly but it's it's again yeah. valid
0: yeah but also strangely valid because of the way the brain works and I think that's what he's doing with this he's, he's showing how his memories of his family are inextricably tied to his memories of Winnipeg and growing up there. So it's not, and like I said, it becomes the most explicit with the old hockey rink, which is kind of sort of where he ends on. It's one of the last big points he makes. It's like this building is my dad. He just about literally tells us that.
1: Yeah. One of the last things he also mentions is his brother committed suicide. Like he says that he died a little earlier. And so it's like these moments where you realize like, he's 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 met he's like yeah feeling sad about the wrong things like he's projecting and that's what again that's what nostalgia Mm -hmm. is right yes which is like yeah if a mall is torn down i'm not thinking about oh i loved the concept of that mall it's like no that there goes all my my memories yeah yeah you tore down all the memories i can't go in there and reel and see those places again because i think uh, we're very connected to locations you know we love monuments we love historical sites we love being in those places. And so when they're torn down and they're, that's means they're not deemed important enough to preserve. Right. Um, yeah. But it's like for us, they were important enough. They were, to preserve were, Yeah.
0: They're monuments in our own minds. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's what this is exploring. And again, it's doing it with very observative comedy. Cause what happens is, so he gets these actors together and his mom and like the first time they do it, He's like we 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 rented we like they re they like rent their old house and bring yeah. her back in it. Yep. They dress it and he's like, and it it becomes like a comedy creep where it becomes it slowly becomes insane because they're like my my I didn't want my my dad to be represented, but my mom wanted to, so we pretended that we exhumed his corpse and reburied it in the living room. <laughs> so there's like a fake burial plot in the living yeah
0: room. underneath the sheet in the living As room it's like
1: a a compromise and then he has these actors and his mom and then he's like and the lady who led it to us uh, she refused to leave so she was there too so it's just like a random lady <laughs> and then this and then so it just becomes this like nightmare that he's and then he starts getting mad at the actors for not reenacting it right so it just slowly twists into this like lynchian <laughs> like horror show where it's just him yelling at actors in this room with a random lady and his own mother for not doing the things right that he wants. And you slowly realize like he's, he's completely and he starts, he, he, and then he talks about how his mother can't deliver the lines and it's and he, he thinks it's like purposefully to antagonize him. And he goes like fairy telling about his mom doing this. And it's like, no, I think she's just nervous. So like you slowly get this portrait of him where you're like, "Oh, you're you're out of your mind." By the end of this. And then the it's, his
0: it's, his versions of the 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 little reenactments yeah. he has them do are so over the top and impossible. It's but but like I mentioned earlier, you do get a decently clear picture of what we assume um is probably relatively uh, honest portrayal of of how he grew up. Like we know he grew up in this block house that he shared with several generations of his family it was like um kind of like a boarding house almost and he and his family were on the top level it was a hair salon on the bottom level that his mom cut hair um and he he loved listening to all the gossip
1: yeah and he he talks about smelling the smells of female vanity and desperation (laughs) but like he but again he uses that to show like weird deep-rooted issues where it's like he talks about like covens later of like all the uh the the bordello like women like getting together yeah (laughs) and like and it, it it struck me as like this same idea as like him listening in on these women and their conspiracies downstairs like it's it's he does a good job at kind of like taking the piss out of himself um by what i assume like you're saying is a fairly honest portrayal of his childhood
0: right like you can kind of see the outline of what is probably what his what what it was really like (laughs) like like we know his dad worked at this hockey rink like we knew he spent a lot of time there like we we know we know uh what his siblings all did um it's yeah it it seems it, it it was really interesting that to have it be these Absurd reenactment scenes, but to yeah. there even even so, you still do kind of get like a picture of like, oh, I bet this is probably
1: something how, that what happened.
0: This, what this how this event really looked? Yeah,
1: yeah. A good example because this is also like again the school of I think you should leave. How to craft a absurdist sketch? The deer scene really summed it up for me. So the idea is that his he reenacts a scene where his his, um, his sister hit a deer. And she came home to tell his mom about it. And the mom basically is like, I know what you were really doing. You were having sex with boys is the, the mom's accusation. right? And the car is then smashed
0: they, in and covered in blood and fur.
1: Covered in blood and fur. And she shows him, she shows her mom that, and she's like, uh-huh, this just proves it. And so like, so you have this first step and this is like SNL sketch, right? Where it's obvious that she killed a deer. There's blood and fur, And the mom won't believe it for some reason. But then the I think you should leave reveal is that the mom is right. (laughs) And the sister did, in fact, she starts getting defensive and being like, you won't let me do anything. And basically the realization is like, no, she actually did go out and have sex. And the deer is a cover. Yeah. Just like, I'll never see him again. (laughs) Yeah. It's the perfect like step by step absurdist humor because by the end you feel gaslit. Like, at the idea is, like, you feel like the characters are insane, and then by the end, you feel like you're insane.
0: Well, then it cuts back to him, because he introduces the idea of this reenactment by saying, let's see if it, w- it was this huge fight between my sister and my mom. I forget what the consequences all were, but he's like, right. I wanted to see in the rea- reenactment whether... It, it, it really was my sister's fault, or if my mom was perhaps to blame. And then you see this outlandish scenario where, you know, as we describe it, and the it cuts to his, his narration comes back in. He's like, "Yeah, my mother really did always have a power where she could just look at you and read right yeah. into your thoughts." Like he, <laughs> right, like he gaslights he's... himself with his own absurdity. Exactly, sketch.
1: because like clearly, what happened wasn't the sister confessed, <laughs> but he, yeah, he adds that. And like this, yeah, again, it's the, you, I'm sure there's a a real occurrence happened here, but he like, yeah, gaslights himself into believing that. Right. Like
0: I wouldn't be surprised if, if an actual event in his household was his sister came home and said, I hit a deer and her, their mom was like, no, you didn't, you were out with boys. I can believe that happened
1: yeah that's a good excuse i assume in that version like the car was fine or something like that or like or or the mom was being paranoid but yeah just bringing it they later do the same thing where his the last member he reenacts is his mom being too tired to cook them dinner and like what he's actually talking about is his mom probably getting sick or being in her old age or something and they make her just seem selfish about it (laughs) where she's just like she's just like i don't want to anymore you do it yourself and she keeps saying i don't have any other recipes Is that <laughs> the reason which again absurd it's,
0: it's a very tim robinson thing to say
1: yeah she ran out of recipes i don't have any and more recipes they, they then sick the parakeet on her and the the little boy i think purchase hem goes spray your filth in her hair <laughs> to the parakeet as it attacks her and then he tells another story about his mother his mother (laughs) murdered a parakeet in one blow
0: a 75 year old parakeet
1: yeah he's like just snuffing out 75 years she slammed it on the floor (laughs) it's very funny because again it's like you can't tell like what is the actual memory what isn't because then you think about like the mythology that happens right where when you're a kid you're told a story from your parents point of view Mm -hmm. and maybe you don't understand what all the words mean and maybe you interpret them to mean something else and then you like grow up and you like forget the specific words you just remember the broad strokes right so like if you don't talk to your parents about this sort of stuff you end up like making up these wild stories i think based off like them exaggerating probably in the moment and then also just getting older in your brain. It's a, again, it's about like how our brains, what our brains do to memories, right? Is these reenactments are like these like vague childhood memories that he's interpreted in insane ways.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I hadn't thought about that.
1: Yeah. Again, I think the whole thing is about nostalgia, right? It's, it's the entire thing, my Winnipeg, the black and white, the dreamlike state. Um, the the absurdist interpretations of events the the weird anger and like the way he's describing everything he again he describes it like things like hunter s thompson like it's really Mm -hmm. like the the war of the grid the 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 two sets of streets in winnipeg the back roads he says um he called. They say he says they are the weedy landscape of shady abandonment. Like about yeah, these that is back very roads.
0: S. Thompson. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and it's like, what are you actually describing? <laughs> oh, I'm not sure.
0: Bent over mattress, mattresses, bent over and stained, covered up by our forgetful snow.
1: Right. I think all he's describing is like alleyways. Yeah, they're just alleyways.
0: Like what the fuck, man.
1: But he um, talks about no, them like this with it's, such it's like,
0: reverence. Yeah.
1: Yeah and that's the whole thing like it's the um, secret
0: underworld that nobody knows about it's just like no it's everybody's backyard man it's where the trash yeah. cans go
1: and again i think that comes in the sarcasm the yeah. initial note of like don't make winnipeg just seem like a boring place and it's like all right i'll make it seem like a magical land i'll make it sound like fucking narnia
0: the fucking frozen horse heads dave
1: oh it's the best
0: the frozen horse heads that stuck up out of the frozen river for an entire winter. It's, apparently. it's the
1: perfect way to show a hell hole. <laughs> So like the, 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 this one I couldn't find information on. I don't know if this is true, but the pictures looked fucking real. There was a
0: lot of footage and pictures and stuff. Yeah. It looked pretty authentic.
1: The idea is a bunch of horses got spooked. Um, I think during a storm and they all accidentally went out on the river during you know winter uh and they froze they panicked and froze up to their up to their necks so the river froze over with like it looked like 10 uh horse heads just sticking out like statues as he puts it like a chessboard of all fucking nights um and it was this like gruesome thing that then just like didn't go away (laughs) because it's just This, like, dead horses frozen in panic, their faces, just sticking out from the ice, and everybody has to just look at it, because it's like, what are you going to do, right? Like, you're going to pay a lot of money to get the fucking horse corpses out of there? (laughs) And then it just slowly becomes a landmark, and then it becomes... um, (laughs) like a place where people start having picnics and just enjoying it. Because again, it's like the most interesting thing in their lives. And then he talks about how like lovers went there and there became a horse baby boom based off of people fucking around the dead horse heads. That can't be true. Just, like i'm I desperately
0: know. trying to find out whether or not the frozen horses are true but again,
1: it's all things that feel true we mentioned the tree oh, the it, idea is this yeah winnipeg has that, the record the fact that
0: if day is true sorry i just wanted to say that real oh quick. yeah anyway. no
1: yeah where there's these moments that are like if day which spooks the gay buffalo i believe is what uh is what he says mm-hmm. who then stomp a, a amusement park So it feels like it's true to a, to a point. Um, yeah, but it's like, it's hard. Like it feels like he's using like town rumors in the documentary or something like that.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah.
1: The one that felt the most true to me was the tree because it's the world's smallest park is the idea. It's Winnipeg has Guinness book world's record for the smallest park. And it's basically just this small Island between the roads with a tree And everybody's really proud of it. And then they're going to cut down the tree and a bunch of like old ladies make a chain around the tree because they don't want it torn down. And this is perfect because he's basically talking about later the nostalgia he has for like this stadium getting, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's, it's the same, it's the uh, same idea and they win the mayor the mayor calls it off and it's like a victory and then he's like and then the next day vandals blew it up
0: vandals bombed it yeah
1: (laughs) yeah presumably working for presumably
0: working for the city to take out this tree
1: (laughs) yeah it's so good um it's so like again all these weird little yeah the the um the golden boy parade yeah Where it's just a beefcake parade for the mayor to judge. (laughs) I think the mayor is depicted as a guy with like a big fake beard.
0: It's impossible to tell.
1: It's impossible to tell what, what truth is, what is truth and what is fiction. Yeah. Cause it's it's it's, like
0: rumor. And yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Where it's like, I'm sure there was some version of this. Um, It's, it's so man. Yeah, And the whole thing is done in the style of kind of the forbidden room where they have the, um, the, the, ti- the title
0: title cards, but it, it's sort of like, yeah, it just, it feels like thoughts, like impressions that you might have in your mind. So it, it's, it's very well done in, in that sense too. Right. Um, the,
1: um, the pool, I loved the title there dance of the hairless boners. Oh
0: man. <laughs> <laughs>
1: the gender separated pools. Um, that yeah. were stacked on top of each other. And again, that feels like it's probably to some extent real.
0: I'm sure He's there's just... probably yeah, there's probably elements of that story that probably really happened to him. Sure. Yeah. Um
1: and then of course it all culminates in Citizen Girl. And this is like it shows his hand the most, which is like he invents this fake idea of Citizen Girl, this fantasy beautiful uh young girl who will repair all his nostalgia essentially yeah
0: bring back everything Um, that you've lost
1: yeah it's a tragic comedy like it's again it's saying a lot about him about how he thinks about like his mother and about women um and about like there's there's the weird stuff where like the hockey stuff about seeing this naked man coming out and wearing and stealing his jersey for some erotically charged goal shots as a boy like these weird little Right, like, I then, don't
0: doubt that those are because like when you're When you're first getting your hormones And like having your sexual awakenings You do crazy yep. weird shit like that
1: And then he throws away the shirt because he's Afraid of the KGB yeah
0: Because
1: <laughs> I think that the guy He was a Russian
0: hockey player and it was in yeah. It was in like the 60s or 70s yeah
1: Yeah and it's again it, it's It's this idea that like all of our stories From childhood sound fucking crazy Yeah they sound like We all maniacs. sound fucked up yeah because kids were Little weird perverted maniac. Yeah, you're figuring out
0: how to be a person through trial and error. It's yeah. going to be pretty catastrophic sometimes.
1: Yeah, exactly. So there's like... I don't know. That's... that's a- again, it's all... It's, it's Yeah, it's technically a documentary. It's, it's not as informative as most documentaries because it's more about...
0: It's more about his memory of Winnipeg.
1: Yeah, and like appreciating the city because that's the thing is, you, if he set out to make a documentary about Winnipeg that was supposed to make people be interested in Winnipeg, right? Yeah, like well, I googled Winnipeg s- while watching. S- this. Mission
0: accomplished because I want to see how many of these stories were true.
1: Exactly. It seems like, like a good sh-
0: of most of them, at least.
1: Most of them were. And they're not, like, amazing stories. That's the thing. No, they're just,
0: like, like, perfectly odd in that... I don't want to say small town, because Winnipeg's not a small town, but, like, in that small town way. Where it's just, like, these odd stories. that are just, like, well, they're not, like, fantastic, but they're just, like, the perfect amount of strange. (laughs) Yeah. Like, not loudly strange, but, like, humbly strange. You know? Like, the frozen horse heads, although that's pretty loud. And we don't know if that one's true. I cannot figure out whether it's true or not
1: yeah there's no telling and i
0: really want it to be true dave
1: but we, we, making... what,
0: what if we kissed at the frozen horses yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh I, i'm sure they're not still there sadly oh yeah or or ever were there who but yeah say? it all who can say it all it's all pointing to something which is like he didn't want to he wasn't like i'm not i'm not here to make you interested in winnipeg from a from a historical perspective or from a, um, even from a like, Ooh, this is like an intellectual perspective. He's wanting, it's an emotional perspective. And going back to the last line, white block house, um, that is his Winnipeg. That's the whole idea is it's this big chunk of, of area. That's his, it's his home and it's big, and it's blocky and it's not necessarily like good looking like that's the whole thing is he talks about his house being this like kind of this abomination big chunk of house um big big slab of home that's his and that's what he's basically concluding with winnipeg as well is it's like it's not beautiful it's not necessarily interesting it's cold um but it's his home and he's making that appeal to us of like this is why it's my home mm-hmm. and this is why i love it and you and you he he succeeds you know yeah this was a pretty popular movie i think ebert said it was perfect like when he reviewed it <laughs> it is pretty yeah, of good of course he would yeah his review was basically something along the lines of like the i i there's not enough stars for this. Like he did it four out of four stars and was like, I, "If I could give it more stars, I would." Like this is, yeah, it makes sense because like, it's not the most exciting movie, but it's for what it is—a a found footage, black and white documentary on Winnipeg. It had me howling, you know. Like I, I fucking had a great time watching this. Oh man, <laughs> there was what
0: was it—the line that I wrote down where he's he's inventing his fake hockey teams. And then he, he's just naming all the different players and he gets to Frankie Fredrickson, the most beautiful of all the Falcons. <laughs> <laughs> that made me laugh really
1: hard. was so good. Again, there's so many influences in the sense of like, I feel like, honestly, I feel like Nathan Fielder, because this was 2007. Mm-hmm. I feel like a, a few comedians got, like they they took some notes from this. But then it also feels inspired by, like, again, a lot of Hunter S. Thompson lines. When he talks about the month of January and the cold, he says, the condoms come off. These are the bareback months of Winnipeg. <laughs>
0: That's such a good line. That's an incredible line.
1: Because it's both absurdist and you're also like, I understand completely what you're saying. <laughs> like, this insanity, like, it, it, all, it all clicks exactly. Like, I know exactly what you, what you mean um it's so good it's such good writing i need to watch more you know i love just fucking getting through these guy men films because he's let's see what's this was before by the way and you can tell it's before forbidden room yeah i believe yeah forbidden room was 2015 and um like you can sort of see him um like finding that style in this i guess you know
0: interesting okay yeah i I don't know anything about him apart from we watched forbidden room last time oh i
1: just mean forbidden room you can see a lot of the influences in this right oh yeah yes title very much so yeah the train he loves trains he loves like yeah you can see the style like this is this i feel like it's just as realized but like obviously he's going for a different thing i gotta watch apparently he did the green fog uh an interpretation of vertigo using found footage of old films.
0: Oh Lord.
1: Yeah. I need to know what that is. It's only an hour long. Um, and that's, that sounds kind of, oh, that kind of no. kind of insane. <laughs>
0: yeah. Quietly out of its mind.
1: Yeah. But I bet that's a lot of fun. Um, shit. I don't think I, I, I don't really have anything else to say, say man. It.
0: It's a fascinating movie.
1: F- fascinating. This, this guy, he, I don't know. He, he kind of gets me um <laughs> it, it's it's uh it's a delight so um thank you Stephen, as always thank you yeah um yeah thank you so much this was this was a lot of fun this was through our um patreon patreon.com slash gamefully unemployed g-a-m-e-f-u-l-l-y unemployed um for just five dollars a month you get access to our exclusive podcasts on there tom and jeff watch batman fox mm. Mulder is a maniac mm-hmm. star trek the next futurama spiel boys mm. uh, we watch movies every friday night as well that's a tier we have a few tiers on there including the one where you make us watch movies for we just watched episodes yeah. and have us talk about them uh so check it out
0: yeah yeah take take a take a look at that and uh we also have a store head over game dot com where you can find a link to our teespring store where we have all kinds of cool original artwork and designs you get know, on t-shirts mugs stickers posters all sorts of things so, slap your Winnipeepers onto that.
1: Mm. Yeah, let's all go to Winnipeg. Yeah, let's, let's just, find those let's horse heads. Let's figure out whether yeah. or not the horse
0: heads are real for ourselves, Dave.
1: Yeah, and if they're not real, Tom, we'll make
0: them we'll real. Put, we'll make them real, yeah. Mm. They'll remember our names in
1: Winnipeg. <laughs>